Hey everybody, this is Art Kelly, and you're listening to the Friendmaker Podcast. Welcome back, and thank you for listening to these conversations here with business professionals and my friends who are committed to becoming the kind of people others want to do business with. I've been working on a resource for entrepreneurs and service industry professionals like you. It's a book called The Seven Spheres of a Friendmaker, and it's currently available for pre-order at www.friendmaker.org. You can check that out at your convenience. However, I don't want to waste your time with advertisements today, so let's just get started with today's conversation. Hey everybody, Art Kelly with the Friendmaker Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Today I have a very special guest, a very dear friend of mine, Dr. Noah Emanuel. I've known Noah for about two, three years now. Noah's been a chiropractor here in Murfreesboro. Um, I won't steal all his thunder. I'll let him explain to you a little bit about who he is and where he comes from, but um, just a little bit. I'll tell you this. This was pretty cool. Um, uh, He opened up his own chiropractic office, chiropractor office this, this summer. Just found out uh, this morning as I was perusing his social media that yesterday or Thursday was the half birthday of, yeah. <laughs> of Burrow Chiropractic. Very true. And, uh, so, uh, and Noah just got married about a year ago to his partner in crime and uh, chiropractic um, partner, Lauren. And so Dr. Lauren was actually how we met because she was our chiropractor. My wife and I went to Lauren before we ever met Noah. And then he started cracking our necks last couple of years. So that's been fun. Uh, but tell us a little bit about yourself, man. I'd love to let people hear about who you are and where you come from and just tell us your story, man. Would love to, Art. Thanks for having me on. Yeah. So, I mean, you and I met, you were one of the first guys I met down here. Yeah. I think uh, the very first weekend you came over to the uh-huh. apartment and we, we yeah. had a pool party, man. It was fun. It was really fun. It was fun. a good day. It was cool to get to know you. Good, good first. It was a lot warmer that day than it is today. Yeah. So I'm from Minnesota. Yeah. So right? and, you know, yeah. I'm used to a little bit colder weather. And that yeah. day was like 110 degrees. Yeah. <laughs> and it was September. <laughs> but yeah. uh, I've been in Murphy's for about three years now. Yeah. Uh, Lauren came down first. Uh, her and I practiced together for two years over at Well Health and Chiropractic. And that was before we were married. So yeah. everybody goes, how do you, mm-hmm. how's marriage going? We're like, man, it's. It's going really good in the first year. It's because we had two years of working together. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We had to learn how to problem solve really fast and, yeah. and uh, get over conflict really fast if it ever happened. Which yeah, man. Of course, it never would. So how did you get into chiropractic work? Like what yeah. what drove you into that? So we got a background in sports performance um, up in Minnesota. I did a lot with the, the college athletes. Yeah. I went to a small school called Bethel University. Uh-huh. I fell in love with getting them stronger, faster, better. Yeah. And I was like, how can I make more superheroes? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, that's when chiropractic came along because it just opened up my scope of practice so much more for training. Mm-hmm. And then um, I did my schooling at Northwestern Health Sciences University. And I had yeah. what's called a two-year fellowship right after that. Yeah. Where I was like one of seven people in the country that got to do this. Yeah. And I, I taught, oversaw interns um, mm-hmm. doing their clinical rounds. And then we ran a sports clinic out of the school as well. And so that's I did awesome. chiropractic and sports nutrition through that. Yeah. It allowed me to go travel the world. I got to go to Europe and Australia to teach for that too. Yeah. I think there was a moment where you were like in Oxford or something. Yep. Yeah. That, awesome. uh, that was about a month after I got down here. I, I flew over to Oxford to 
to teach really quick. That's pretty. I mean, just just a, just a quick yeah. quick trip over to Oxford to teach. It, it, was, it was cool. Got me, <laughs> well, that, that conference was sweet because I got to meet doctors from all over the country. Yeah. Or, sorry, all over the world. There was like 12 different countries represented there. Yeah. And so it was just super cool. But That's anyways, yeah. um, did that two-year fellowship. Lauren came down, started the, the clinic here in town first. She doesn't own it. Yeah. We don't own it, but she she got it up and running. And yeah. then um, I came down nine months later. And that's when I, I met you for the first time. Yeah. So we were there for two years. And then the Lord opened up this super cool opportunity to um, start Barrow Chiropractic, which mm-hmm. is closer to downtown, right across the street from Brass Horn. Oh, yeah. And then it's closer to MTSU, which Lauren and I also lead their Monday night FCA huddles. Yeah. So it just gives us more contact points with those athletes that's really great man so like you know part of the reason why i had you on this podcast you know obviously the podcast is called the friend maker podcast yes and uh and something that i've really i've really been looking for in my guests is people that are um, what i would consider to be friend makers you know people that that that's what you you do well you know and that you um um you're just you're connected you're one of the most super connected people i know and uh, in a short period of time coming into yeah, this city and hard for that, man. yeah you know really hard for that so i guess that's that's kind of where i let me start there um yeah. so let me step back for just a minute so this is yes. kind of interesting a little connection point so one of the things that i talk about in this podcast is the need for us to be able to mix business and friendship absolutely um, a lot of a lot of folks are nervous about that because for whatever reason, people have had bad deals or they've lost business relationships with people or friendships over bad business deals, yeah. right? And so, like, you don't always necessarily uh, – it doesn't always work. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it's uh, it, it can be messy when yeah. you get super relational with people. Mm-hmm. Um, but, uh, but one of the things that's been really cool and a neat connecting point – so my wife, who was on the podcast here not too long ago – She told me about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> She's great. She's she awesome. I, great. I, love, I love my wife. Uh, 25 years, so I guess you know we'll, I'll keep her around for another 25. Uh, but she is a photographer here in the area, and one of her clients – uh, actually is one of the co-owners of the, um, the well health. Yep. And so when, uh, when he had opened up that office here in Murfreesboro, mm-hmm. um, my wife and I had been talking about our need to go see a chiropractor cause we felt like that was something that was important. And, uh, and so that was how we met your now wife, yep. Lauren. And, um, and so that connection point from my wife's business being friends with one of her clients Mm-hmm. We were able to connect with you guys, and now over time we've become close and we're friends. And uh, and so and I'm and I'm watching you and your wife work together while she's your fiance over the last couple of oh, years. Yeah, I got to ask you a question, man, about that. Like how how did that how for, how did you get married to this woman after spending <laughs> right. two years working with her? <laughs> well, so, it's, so it's, how does that work for you guys? Really I'm just curious. Right? You you've probably seen some of the biggest growth areas yeah in our two lives or yeah. our growth time period yeah that we've had in maybe our, our whole whole entire life or since chiropractic school like yeah. Lauren and I are completely different than when we first moved down here and you and yeah. Rebecca were like first-hand witnesses to yeah. that yeah um but, but before we get into that I just remember one of the coolest things how you and I got connected is yeah. we'd get coffee yeah and then mm-hmm. in these coffee conversations, it'd be like, oh, okay, what do you do for work? No, no, like surface talk. We would just yeah. dive deep right away. Yeah. We we're comfortable with that. And that's what allowed then for major growth within 
our yeah. friendship and then yeah. even even in the business connections, which well, is really, really cool. I appreciate you saying that, man. You know, something and I don't make any um really any bones about it. I don't talk about it a whole lot on this podcast, yeah. but like but faith is a very big part of my life. And I know a lot of folks that are listening um, are in different places in their life, yeah. you know, with regard to religion and faith and that kind of stuff. I'm not interested in, in any kind of religious kind of stuff, but I'll tell you, I, I love being able to um, to connect with people on a more spiritual level because oh, yeah. I think that uh, the truth is, is that like we're all spiritual, like there's not oh, a single yeah. person that's not. And so when I get into conversations with people, oftentimes we're going deep pretty fast because at the end of the day, like, do we have, do I mean, we don't have a whole lot of time in life, you yeah. know, and I don't want to waste time just always talking about fluff things with people. No. It's okay to have fluff conversations, but you know, like wherever you are spirit, spiritually, yeah, it plays a pretty big factor in your life, right? Absolutely. And so like for you and I, as Christians, we talk about Jesus a lot. Yeah. And you know, it was just cool because we would talk about some of the tough questions that we might, might face in life about that stuff. Yeah. And, and I would just remember, I'd always leave really refreshed. Yeah. Just, it would just be real conversation really fast. And yeah. it's like, all right, art's really genuine. I like that genuine connection. I think it's okay if I'm genuine then with more people Yeah. through the practice. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I mean, I see that in you. I see that in your work and the way you are with people. And um, and so, like, my son and I were going to you for yes. this last couple months. And um, and we'd come away from our converse, our interactions with you. And, and he would always tell me, he'd be like, oh, this is this is going to sound like, you know, bro fest here. Oh, totally. <laughs> That's what it is. That's what it is. Bro fest. <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's just so cool to encourage one another, you know what it I mean? Because like we need that, like we need to be encouraged. But, you know, my son would walk away and be like, man, I really love working with Noah. Like I just feel comfortable and, you know, relaxed and that's really helpful. And being able to create an environment for people in your place of work, in the space where you practice whatever it is that you do, um, it, it matters. It matters oh, so, much. so much. And uh, and people will come back because they've felt that that was a bit of a warm fire that they could you know come exactly. by. Exactly. Like the two mm -hmm. things that I always say is empower and encourage, empower and encourage. I used yeah. to tell my interns that all the time. Mm -hmm. But the whole goal for a patient or like even the interactions, those bro sessions with yeah. your son and um, and you that we, we'd have at the clinic is very, am I empowering these guys to feel confident in the weight room? Yeah. Am I equipping them? Am I giving them the space where they're kind of leading each other Yeah. and I'm just there to, to tweak a little technique so that they, one, can do it better and not get hurt. But two, like, am I allowing them to have that, that connecting time? Yeah. So am I, am I creating an environment of empowerment for that? And then just encourage her. Yeah. Right? Hey man, yeah. that's awesome. Don't yeah. worry about the way the form's great. All right, hey, you're getting tired. Let's <laughs> let's push through this. You know, yeah. like we've got this great body we were given, so like let's use it to the max right now. Yeah, let's go pedal to the metal. So, um, so talking about the way you've you've been able to kind of get some clientele and was yeah. uh, has it been tricky being moving from one place to another, trying to get new clientele, and how have you been able to kind of navigate that you know, process? That's a, that's a great question um, because it's it's kind of multi layered. So yeah. when we started. I was told just market every single way that you can think of because yeah. one of them is going to hit and sure. you just figure it out. And it's never a waste of money. Mm -hmm. I was like, okay, so I'm a new business. Yeah. Um, I mean, we're only six months old. Yeah. Right. And I've exceeded my numbers or my projections already, yeah. which is totally disgrace guy. Right. Yeah. But 
we started marketing and I mean, we tried everything and it just did not sit easy in my soul at mm. all. Mm-hmm. And I was like, man, why do I not like where this money's going? Why do I not like essentially like investing in marketing? Mm-hmm. And it just wasn't working. There's yeah. was no ROI from it. I didn't see it. And every new patient that was coming in was from word of mouth. What kind of, um, before you go into that, what yeah. kind of marketing were you doing that you we felt did, uneasy about? We did everything I could think of. We did um, magazines. We did sponsorships. We did um, social media paid marketing. We did Yelp, Google. Yeah. Like we tried it all. Yeah. And some of them we got totally scammed on, <laughs> which is just part of like learning in a new yeah. business and uh-huh. um, just learning the patience. But it was after one conversation, the guy was great. He's like, hey, I'm going to get you X amount of patients for X amount price. This uh-huh. is the social media marketing, but we're going to do it where it's a it's a price point special. Yeah. And I was like, I don't want to do a price point special at all. He's like, no, you, you got to do it. This is where it's going to work. And he mm-hmm. was proven. And him and I just went back and forth. And I was like, Hey, I'm going to pass because the return on investment would have made it even. I wouldn't have actually made money until down the road. And I was like, yeah. well, what would it look like if my marketing money went directly back into the community? Mm. So as simple and silly as it sounds, what if like every high school borough chiropractic mm-hmm. um, had some kind of sponsorship with their sports team, right? Yeah. Am I really going to get patience from that? Mm. Probably not. Do I really care about my logo being there? Mm. Not really, but I know that my marketing money yeah. is buying Gatorade for the team after <laughs> yeah. after after their sport, you know, yeah. or allowing them to have a nice new football or a nice new basketball or sure. something to support their organization. Yeah. And so I, you know, I, I I get up every morning, have a little bit of quiet time. Yeah. Drink coffee and read, and I just was super uneasy in my soul about it. Yeah. And the Lord's like, hey man, just pull all your marketing. And so we're four months in. No, I think we're three months in and I pulled all the marketing. I, I talked with my wife because she's the true CEO. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and we pulled, Same here. We pulled all yeah, the marketing and I was like, man, this is small business, new business suicide. This is not going to work at uh, all. Yeah. And we went from X amount of new patients a week. We'll just say it, we averaged like four new patients a week. Yeah. The next week we had eight. The week after that we had 12 and we still haven't dropped like below eight. Wow. So we doubled and tripled and we always kind of stay in that double triple from where we started. Yeah. Um, and I was like, what, why is this happening? And mm-hmm. so obviously I ask each person that comes in or calls, Hey, how'd you hear about us? Just yeah. because one, it'll put them at ease. But the yeah. second part is I want to know, like, how'd you hear about us? And it was people literally just walking in from across the street at Brass Horn. Yeah. But the thing that I think really connects with what we're talking about with the friend maker is Hey, Noah, I heard about you from a really good friend of mine that yeah. you know through FCA. Or, hey, mm-hmm. Noah, I heard about you through a really good friend of mine that um, saw you at the old clinic at well. Or, hey, Noah, yeah. I heard about you from somebody that has an appointment. Yeah. I'm like, well, who's that person? They're like, oh, they haven't seen you yet, but I want to get in before that. Mm. And you're like, mm. that's really cool. Mm-hmm. And so it plays into this. If you choose to really be connected in the community yeah. and relational without expecting anything back, yeah, you're, you're going to see that return. And obviously like the Lord provides, which is super cool. Like, yeah. Hey, he's saying, no, I've got this. Mm-hmm. I told you to open this place. So just trust me in this whole process. Yeah. Cause I'm going to take care of it. Yeah. And he, he truly has. And it's been really cool. The amount of people that I've got to meet through this. It's so funny. You know, I, I there's a, um, 
there's a verse in uh, Matthew six thirty three where Jesus is mm-hmm. talking and he says, uh, seek first the kingdom of God. Yes. And all these things that you need will be added to you. You'll, you'll have everything you need. And that's something that over the years, um, like I've had to kind of define what does seeking first the kingdom of God look like, yes. right? And so like looking out for the interests of other people ahead of your own, um, trying to find ways to serve people ahead of yourself, finding ways to give more than you ever ask, mm-hmm. um, and, uh, and, and genuinely looking for ways to be able to bring good and create good in the areas and spaces that you dwell yeah. so that people benefit from that. And when they do benefit from those things, there is a bit of a reciprocal thing that does happen, Absolutely. but it's weird. Like there's a, there's a real fine line. Like I don't, um, I don't serve people so that I'll get business, mm-hmm. but I get, I do get business because I serve people. Yep. And there's such a nuance, a fine nuance in that, con, you know, that, that, that statement that if you're not careful, people can, the mo- if the motive is I just want money, mm-hmm. so I'll serve because I just want money, you probably won't get money. No, no. And like, because <laughs> people know that. People can, ex- man, they recognize that. You I know? saw a huge shift because we treated all through COVID, right? Yeah. We stayed open the whole time. Uh-huh. And that was one of the actual major growth times. And the reason why I think is because Lauren and I chose to really love on our patients yeah. and serve them well. Yeah. Right? Everybody was really scared coming in. Oh, yeah. Like, I just remember, and I didn't realize how draining it was till we actually took a vacation. Yeah. But man, like, our business at Well Health and Chiropractic then tripled. Oh, yeah. COVID. No, I remember going into your office in the middle of 2020. I'm mean, going, where are all these people coming from? Yeah. Like, because they're all staying home. They're all staying home. They're like, <laughs> I'm going to the chiropractor. <laughs> chiropractor is the only office that's open, the only doctor's office. But right? I remember people coming in, and like, these are individuals in the community I really look up to, or, yeah. you know, they're, they're older than me. I'm a fairly young guy still. And I would just see fear in their eyes. Yeah. Because of the uncertainty that was going on. Yeah. And I was like, okay, what's my job right now? Yeah. Like, are you really hurt? Is it really the adjustment that is the priority? Yeah. Or is it being something stable for this mm. person? And it was extremely tiring. And we didn't realize it. We go on vacation. We're like sitting by a campfire for six hours. Yeah. <laughs> Seven hours at a time. Not moving. We're like, what's going on? <laughs> oh, I think we were tired. But that's when I realized like, shoot, I'm really yeah. glad we didn't mess that up. Yeah. I'm really glad that we just loved on people well and served them well. And that ended up growing a business. Yeah. And it wasn't intentional. We didn't do it from for money because honestly, there's probably easier ways to get, <laughs> to get money than to like exhaust yourself that way. But yeah. That, that's my whole that's my whole goal is first off am i serving somebody well yeah like how do i do that at borough chiropractic i tell people when they call and they're like hey i don't know if i should come see you i said here's the deal i'm gonna know right away in the exam if i can get you better or not yeah i'm really good at referring out yeah and they're like huh i'm like yeah it is not a pride <laughs> shot if i'm the one that like yeah. my job is to get you better whether it's my hands on you or yeah. another doctor's yeah uh-huh. Or if it's an orthopedic surgeon or an MD versus so, so I've got uh, this question has been rolling in my, around in my head for a long time, and and I want to hear you answer this question because there is a thing out there um, that there's there's a lot of quite like, probably more so my generation and older yeah. had this whole thing about chiropractors, like are they legitimate doctors kind yeah. of thing. <laughs> Right, so so like, this That's is so, so the elephant, the elephant in the room, right? Like, I'm talking to a chiropractor. Tell me, 
tell me how, like, how do you, how do you navigate that conversation with oh, folks? Because people do ask that, right? Grace. People probably go, ah, you know, you're not a legitimate doctor. Here's, so what? How do you handle it? Anybody yeah. that's got a doctorate, good job. They yeah. put a ton of hard work into it. Yeah. I don't want to be called a doctor. Sure. Because it's just my job. It's what I do. Yeah. Right. It's not who I'm I am. I'm gonna call you doc. So. You can, I mean, you can. You're not gonna offend me, but like, uh, I'm not gonna be like, um, no, excuse me, it's Doctor Emanuel. Yeah. <laughs> right. No, I'm just no. <laughs> yeah. uh, but it was funny. A few weeks ago, I actually had a patient mm-hmm. um, in front of other patients go like, yeah. Um, I mean, you're a doctor, but you're not a real doctor. So, and then they get up and they like lock out. And another patient came in, and this individual has a doctorate in education. He's a yeah. he's a dean of a very prestigious school. Yeah. And he comes and he's like, "Man, that was really interesting to see how you handled that." Mm. I was like, "Well, did I pass?" <laughs> he's like, "You passed." Because I mean, it doesn't offend me at all. Yeah. But um, we we have what's called a professional doctorate. Yeah. Okay. And mm. so. That's why it ends in DC, Doctorate of Chiropractic yeah. versus like a PhD. Sure. Right? And so um, it says, Noah, you have a certain scope of practice that you can do. Yeah. We've got like way, way, way more radiology hours than a typical MD does. Yeah. We don't have the writing a prescription right that the MDs do. Right. Um, we learn how to diagnose musculoskeletal, MSK. Yeah. Um, that's our main focus for diagnosis. Can I diagnose you with? diagnose you with like a sinus infection sure right but it'd be like saying let's say you're let's say you're a residential real estate agent yeah it'd be like you saying hey yeah i can do this commercial mm-hmm. job sure. for you but like really here's That's my commercial not my specialty yeah it's just not yeah. my specialty here's my commercial guy yeah and so um, yeah, we're real doctors. They don't make us do a residency program, which mm-hmm. I think is the biggest downfall for chiropractors. Yeah, but we're we are real. I mean, yeah, and you're getting your experience for sure. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, um, we still have to do so many hours of of uh, interning. Yeah, I mean, we had to do four four trimesters of it. Oh wow. Yeah, we mm. we had to take four rounds of boards. Yeah. Um, in separate occasions, then you have to t- pass your state board. Uh, yeah. So I mean, it's pretty legit. So I feel like there's people that are listening to that are also have maybe never been to a chiropractor. Yeah. And so. That's not what this podcast is typically about, but I want to give you a minute just to share that because I think there's a lot of folks that could really benefit from some of the, um, the knowledge that a chiropractor could bring physically for them, you know? So, I mean, just for like, you had like a one minute pitch on why, you know, why would you need to have a chiropractor? What is it that you guys do and how can you, how can what you do bring value to what people need? So the easiest way for me to do that is just to talk about what, yeah. I, what I do. Sure. First. So yeah. I'm a sports chiropractor. What does that mean? Yeah. I don't only look at your spine. I'm able to treat your whole body musculoskeletally. Yeah. What does that mean? So like your joints, your muscles, and then any kind of extremity. Yeah. Right? People think only the spine. I adjust shoulders, hips, ankles, knees, wrists, fingers all day long. Right. Even yeah. some people get their ears adjusted. <laughs> right. But um, chiropractic is the number one best route you can go if you ever have back pain. Uh-huh. It outperforms pain medication. The MD is going to be okay with it. Yeah. But if you have back pain or any kind of joint pain, just go see a chiropractor first. It's conservative care. It's going to be conservatively managed, which means we're not going to use prescription to get you there. Yeah. We're going to do probably an adjustment of some sort to make sure that your body's in good alignment. Yeah. The second thing is we're going to do muscle work or manual therapy to make sure the muscles are in the appropriate length to hold that position. And then last we're going to strengthen it through rehab, kind of like a physical therapist. Okay. So that you can stay in that right position, learn how to move right so that that injury resolves itself. Yeah. 
that's what I do. Thank you for sharing that, man. I, there's, like I said, maybe we can convert a few people out there that have been looking for a reason to go see a chiropractor. Like, you know? <laughs> and, and I know sometimes they're like, oh, the chiropractor is just going to take money from you. And you yeah. know you're right. No, <laughs> no, no, we really won't. Um, you know, that, that, that there was a big trend of like these massive thousand dollar treatment plans. And that's starting yeah. to go starting to go away because we realize yeah. people can get better really really fast i get my patients better yeah to 80 to 90 percent better within four to six visits yeah that doesn't take much time out of your out of your life that's yeah. maybe two times a week for two weeks sure and it's very very affordable yeah and then after that you just maintain it yeah it's it doesn't i mean there's no big commitment well, no major commitment at all listen you heard it here folks you need to go see a chiropractor and if you're in murfreesboro you need to see my buddy noah um so little 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 bit for you my friend <laughs> we've kind of covered a lot of stuff already so i'm gonna just want to ask you a quick question so we did talk about this a few weeks ago i sent you a uh, test the seven spheres yes. test, and i had you go through and uh and and figure out where your you know where's your strengths and where are your weaknesses as far as in the seven spheres um, something and we talk about this a lot on every episode i always give everybody the seven spheres mm-hmm. basically the seven spheres of a friend maker are um it's a it is a cumulative uh compounding kind of yep. process that you take your clients through whenever you bring them into your practice uh, or the work that you do and you begin at the at the in the sphere of listening people need to be listened to yes. so at the beginning we listen to people as we listen to people and we take time to not be distracted or we actually give them attentiveness then we actually start to learn who they are. So we begin to enter the sphere of learning. As we enter the sphere of learning, we get understanding of these folks a little bit better. We get to know them better. And it moves us into a space where we can actually start to actually enjoy them as human beings. So we're in the sphere of liking. As we enjoy people and love people the way that they are um, and learn how to like them, right? Like there's a lot of people who are not likable. <laughs> right, but there's always something likable, right? So it, for, it's a, for, most. <laughs> for most, and so it's a sense in which we we actually are are um, uh, we're really trying to show folks that we like them because we want them to know that we respect them. Yes, and uh, and so as we like as we listen to people, learn people, and like them, then it kind of moves us into a new level of relationship with them where we actually develop loyalty. So there's a loyalty that we share with them. They feel like we are their advocates, that we're there for them. And oftentimes when we give them loyalty, oftentimes they'll reciprocate that back to us and they'll be loyal to us. And um, and then we leap for our clients. So we have risk-taking conversations with them. We tell them things that maybe they don't necessarily want to hear, but we are always honest with them and we leap for them uh, in the sphere of leaping. Then we lead them by just serving them powerfully. Uh, and we we can we communicate an attitude of high quality service through the sphere of leading, and then finally, we love them well long after we finish serving them. So we stay in their lives long after they use our services, so that they'll come back, and so that they'll continue to use our services in the future. But also so that they can become better human beings. So we can become better human beings. We can go deeper with our clients, and ultimately, as we do all of this stuff our businesses will continue to grow because we're the kind of people that other people want to do business with. And we're also people want to refer business to us. And so that's the idea of the friend maker is, is carrying them through the seven spheres of a friend maker. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I sent you the, the survey. There's a test that you can take online at friendmaker.org slash survey. And uh, you can go and learn your own strength and weaknesses and all that kind of stuff. It tells you whether or not you're, 
kind of a friend maker or not really a friend maker or yeah. you know, <laughs> struggle. So, but yours, when we were talking about yours, your biggest one actually came out as you're the sphere of learning, mm-hmm. learning people. Um, so let's just talk about that for a minute. So learning people, can you, can you maybe throw yeah. some ideas to me? What, why do you think that that came out really strong for you? Because I mean, I view it just when I, when I'm serving someone through the clinic, right? Yeah. If I can figure out what makes you tick, yeah, I can figure out how to get you to your end goal faster. Uh, right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Like if I can truly understand where you're coming from and what's going on in your life, game over. Now we, yeah. now we know where we're going. Uh-huh. Right. Yeah. Otherwise I'm just chasing, it's called, I'm just chasing pain then. Yeah. Cause <laughs> most of the time people come in with pain. Right. So I'm just chasing pain and pain doesn't play by any rules. It mm-hmm. makes up its own rules. One yeah. day it might be here. The next day it might be here. One day it might feel this way. The next day it might feel this way. Yeah. Right. But if I can actually learn what their end goals are, then that's what allows me to serve that patient super, super well. And then also in my strength finders yeah. test, learner is like super stinking high. Yeah. I'm horrible with names are, uh-huh. but I love hearing people's stories. Yeah. And I will remember those stories. Yeah. I'll remember what they do for work. I remember where they went for Thanksgiving, what mm. trip they had, like all yeah. that stuff. I just find it interesting to hear their story and where they came from. Like yeah. people just fascinate me and I think they're great. So what, the, what do you, so listening to people's stories is a big, is a big way you yes. learn people. Is that kind of the primary you think, would you say? For how I learn? How you learn people? How yeah. I understand them. Like what things, what methods do you employ in your learning? Oh, it's got it. Yeah. It's just got to yeah. be story figuring, yeah. figuring out like, like I said, what, what makes them tick. And so a lot of times I'll ask them things like, I mean, I even do this simple one of, all right, where are they relationally with their wife right now? For example, or yeah. if you came in, I'm going to ask you, Hey, are you married? Yeah. And you say, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. Okay, cool. What's your wife's name? Rebecca. Nice. How long have you guys been married? Uh, 25 years. Dang, 25 years? Yeah. All right. What's the, what's the secret to a good 25 years? <laughs> um, she's always right. <laughs> <laughs> she's always right. Did, yeah. Is that, did, that, did that come true today as and well? I never listened. Yes. <laughs> it did come true. Okay. Yes, yes. Okay. So, so what that tells me is that Art's been married 21 years. He's 25. Laugh- 25, 25. Sorry. 25 yeah. years. He's laughing about it, which means he probably serves his wife really, really well and loves her by saying she's always right and laughing. If it's like, man, she's always right. Like you just, you just go in your corner and let her do her thing. Yeah. There's no smiles. Hey, there's, there's probably something going on with Art at home right now. So I'm going to, I'm going to keep that in mind yeah. as, as I'm going along and treating him, yeah. you know? And then also I want to learn from you, Art. Yeah. And so that's where I, I take that understanding in full circle. Mm. Man, you've been married 25 years. Yeah. All right. So the reason I asked you the secret is, uh, well, I've been married a year. Yeah. So then what does that do in a, in a conversation? Well, then the follow-up, oh man, first year. Tell me about your first year, art of marriage. Was it good? Was it bad? Yeah. You know, and that's how, that's how I use it in that, man, that small way. That's so crazy. You know, it's so funny. Like, I feel like most people are really afraid to go that personal and deep quickly. What, well, could you, you, you had the opportunity to just shut the door. Sure. Yeah. And yeah. I left that opportunity there. How do you do that when they shut the door on you? You just change the subject. Yeah. They're like, oh, okay, great. Yeah. Awesome. Do you have any kids? <laughs> what do you Let's do for about you. What, do you, about your kids. what do you do for work? <laughs> yeah. yeah. All right, cool. How long have you been in Murfreesboro? Mm. Okay. Oh, you've been in Murfreesboro 10 years? Sweet. Where's your favorite place to eat? Mm-hmm. All right. So we just start breaking down little yeah. service talk over and over and over until they become comfortable. 
because what I'm doing is one, I genuinely actually want to know these things. Yeah. And then it shows that patient or those people that, oh, he's real. He's just yeah. a human. I used to tell my interns all the time before they go in because they'd be nervous taking an intake. I'm like, just be a human. Yeah. If the person's got a cat, ask them about their cat. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not on the sheet. That's okay. Like, it's going to put them at ease. Yeah. You know, or even as simple as like, hey, Art, how'd you hear about us? Google. Oh, man. Trying out that little bit of Google roulette for a chiropractor today. Make you nervous, huh? You're like, oh, okay, cool. This guy's normal. He's not He's not just stuck up straight laced, you know. Yeah. That's that's how I go about under understanding and learning. Yeah, that's good stuff, man. Oh wow. Um, so I noticed that on my list, I've got you know you 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 scored pretty well in leading and serving people, uh, listening and loving. You didn't get the like or the um, what's the other one on my list? Loyal, like loyal. Not that you're not not that you don't like yeah. loyal, that you're not loyal, but you 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 didn't score as high on those things. Any any reason why you think maybe that would have been? You know, that's a good question. Um, I think it's just because the learning and the listening yeah. just are so much, the learning and the leading and listening are just so much higher than those. Yeah. That, yeah. That's why. Well, I think you have to start out for sure. Like, yeah. Like, you it's just, I mean? it's just you an area where learning well. I think I do good, but I don't thrive. Yeah. You know yeah. what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. So. I hear you. Well, and, and I think too, you know, and as, as I was sharing earlier on the, the spheres, one of the things that's, that's becoming apparent. It's funny, as I go through this process of really working this stuff out with people, mm-hmm. you know, um, what I'm learning is that the first three spheres of listening, learning, and liking, mm-hmm. they are foundational. Yes. You know what I mean? Like you have, like we've got to start with people somewhere. Loyalty doesn't come at the beginning mm-hmm. very easily. Not that you can't be loyal to them, but they're probably not going to be loyal to you because they don't know you yet. You know, yeah. loyalty happens when you get to know someone. Yes. And so as you get to know them better, then the loyalty and the willingness to leap for them, those two spheres really start to kind of develop a little bit more. Mm-hmm. And so that is one thing I've noticed is that, um, and a lot of folks are like that. A lot of folks, I think the number, the number one sphere that I've noticed on everybody that has been on my podcast Anybody I've talked to that have said it's not been on the list has been the sphere of liking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's not because they don't like people. Yes. Um, it's because I think that there's a, there's a, um, some of the, que- and again, my questions are not like, I didn't like have some kind of, you know, super psychologist. Yeah. There's not, <laughs> yeah. Like this isn't like, you know, super psychologist, so psychoscience or whatever. Um, but the idea of liking our clients, you know, it's interesting. I think that um, uh, that's a hard one to answer because I think a lot of folks um, struggle with how do we, how do I define the sphere? But my, my broker was on my podcast a few weeks back and, uh, and he and I have had a lot of conversations specifically about the sphere of liking because mm-hmm. Because I've had to kind of really further develop that one um, because I think that the struggle for a lot of folks has been, how do I know if I'm living in a space where I'm actually liking people well? Yeah. And that's a really hard thing to pin down. You know, for me, um, actually, this is something that we learned about year one or two working. Uh, And when I say we, Lauren and I. So the old clinic we were at was a high volume clinic. We would see three to 350 yeah, patients a week. That's a lot of. That's a lot of people. That's a lot of people interaction in a short amount of time. Uh-huh. And we were treating twenty two or twenty three dollars a week. Yeah. 
right? And so we figured it out that every six weeks we got to take a break. Yeah. Whether that's go away for a weekend or something, because I know that I'm not liking my patients well yeah. or liking people well yeah. when I'm starting to speed up in in my yeah. care. And I'm like, okay, who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Who's next? Instead of just being like, no, just be present for this 10 minutes. Just yeah. be present. Like shut everything else out. Just be present. Oh. And when that so just good. be present gets a little quieter, I yeah. know that I need to take that re- reboot. Yeah. And it's, and it's not to say like, I mean, everybody gets extremely high quality care. Yeah. Right. But I can give really good high quality care without actually caring about the person. I mean, yeah. you can't, but to the standard of the Tennessee state board, I can. I wonder, and the standard to the a medical board, I can. How many of us get so burnt out in the work that we're doing because we are kind of burning the candle at both ends that that, that area suffers so much oh, yeah. because of that. And and so I figured out if I'm gonna tr- like if I'm gonna love people well, if I'm gonna like them well, respect them. Yeah. Right. I gotta figure out how to do that for myself first. Yeah. And then I even had to figure out how to do that to my wife first. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> as yeah. silly as it sounds, right? It's true. So for me, it's getting up every morning, mm-hmm. having a cup of coffee, and getting in the work. Mm-hmm. It was enough that 10 minutes is enough for me to go out and just crush the day. Yeah. When I don't do that, I don't like people as well as I could. Yeah. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. um, I think it's just taking a step back and being like, okay, what are some of those triggers that we know yeah. when? Maybe one of these spheres is going to lack. And what do we got to do to build that sphere back up? Um, there's a guy I met a few years ago. Um, maybe he'll listen to this podcast someday. He's, he's a great guy. His name's Hal Elrod. He wrote a book called Miracle Mornings. And um, he, in a short synopsis of basically what he did, was he studied the lives of the most successful people in the world over history, you know, mm-hmm. over the last several thousand years, and picked out what are the practices that these people did on a regular basis that um, that really helped them to be successful people, to be able to lead at a higher level and to perform at a higher level. And he identified these, um, these he calls them life savers, S-A-V-E-R-S. And you can look it up. I'm not going to go through all of them. But among them were things like um, uh, having, having quiet time, you know, mm-hmm. um, just meditating and yep. journaling. Yep. Um, Exercise, you know, mm-hmm. 20 minutes of exercise every day uh, and uh, reading, you know, 10 pages of a book or the Bible or something, you know, spending time cultivating and nurturing your mind. Mm-hmm. Right. And so he put all these things together and he's like, well, what would happen if we did all of this stuff? If I got up in the morning earlier, so mm-hmm. like five o'clock in the morning or whatever, and I just took the first hour or two hours of my day and I did all of these six or seven practices in the morning every day for like 30 days. And so he just kind of started doing that on a regular basis. And it started to change the way that he was interacting with people yes. on a daily basis. And so he calls it miracle mornings. And uh, I mean, it's, it's, it's a great idea because like, so like you've mentioned several times, just having quiet time in the morning, spending time meditating in prayer, reading the Bible, um, you know, just having that time and creating mm-hmm. margin for yourself. Yeah, and you know that's it's really interesting because what he did actually is he just wrote out in a different way. Hey, I'm doing healthy habits. Yeah, right. That's right. And so um, there's this old chiropractor, and it's kind of like this old chiropractic philosophy. But you got to eat right, think right, sleep right, move right, poop right. <laughs> and if you do those things, yeah, you're gonna be 
you're going to be a healthy individual. But it's, it's interesting you bring that up because one of my like passion projects is again, I think we were given this body. Yeah. You know, for me, I'm like, man, God made this great creation. Mm. All right. So am I using it for myself? Am I using it to its full, full ability? Mm-hmm. Okay. Am I helping people use it to their full ability? Yeah. So this passion project is like, how do I make individuals as healthy as they can be so they can do what they want to do? Mm. Right. And part of that is I want to write a book on it Yeah. <laughs> and just say, Hey, here's the simple ways to like treat your body right so that you can be right in everything you do. Yeah. You know, and I, I, I use this analogy of like, all right, the church wants to go and do mission trips, right? They want to build the kingdom of God. All right. Well, how can you do that if you're out of breath? Because you're so out of shit. <laughs> how can you build the kingdom if you're out of breath? Okay. How can you be a good dad that plays with his kids if you have bad knees because you can't move? What are the choices that you made before that? Yeah. And it's not to depress you and say, oh, you did bad. There's no shame in it. It's no, what are we doing moving forward so you can forward. get to that point? Mm-hmm. Like there's no shame in health. Yeah. It's all about what do we need to do so that you can just do what you were made to do? Well, I think that's one of the great things about the, and the big differences between going through therapy and going through and having a coach. Yep. Like going through therapy is necessary. We yep. all need to deal with our past. Yep. We, need, we need to deal with the things that have caused us to cope the way that we cope yep. so that we can actually move into the future and do the things that we need to do because we're made to do it that way. Yeah. But having somebody to coach you along, having a chiropractor, yeah. a, a physical therapist, having a spiritual coach, a life coach, a business coach, whatever, to be able to actually have a path forward and see ahead yeah. rather than always looking behind. I mean, so many of us, I don't know how many times I have heard over the last six months, well, the pandemic, the pandemic, the, pa- the pandemic's over. Yeah. Oh, like, yeah. I mean, yes. Did it affect all of us? Yeah. Do we all need to probably have therapy because of it? Absolutely. <laughs> we need to find some healing <laughs> yes, from the pandemic. But the pandemic is over. So what are we going to do from here now on forward? Right? Yeah. How are we going to push forward and and do life now? Because that that's a that's a season of our life that we had to experience and mm-hmm. we all experienced it and it sucked yeah. in a lot of ways it was it was a blessing for many people mm-hmm. i mean you know your business was did well my business did well during the pandemic from the mm-hmm. business standpoint um, but there were people that passed away and there were folks that we lost yeah. their lives and so there's a lot of there's a lot of stuff deep work that we all need to do to go back and mm-hmm. we can go into that but but at this point, we also have to really be able to look forward. Yeah, and so I ask myself, especially when I look at these seven spheres, is okay, what is my role for this individual that I'm interacting with? Yeah. Am I is it my job to be all seven of these spheres? Yeah. And is it my job to be the everything and like whatever it might be for that person to be there all in all? No. Right. I'm just a tiny minuscule thing that yeah. people see once a week for ten minutes or once yeah. every other week or once a month. <laughs> Yeah. But if I do my job well, yeah. it's just continuing continuing to lay down good foundation yeah, for right. for their health. Nah, right. That's so good. So final thoughts. Um, just a few things. You know, we're moving into a recession. And you're a business owner, you six months yeah. into the business. We're looking at a potentially down economy. I know we've been talking about recession for a while. I'm pretty sure we're already in one. Um but, you know, do you find that, is that taking a toll on your clients at all? Are you noticing that at all? Or what, what do you think? You know, in my clinic, we are thriving. Yeah. <laughs> we're not, we're not, we're not just trying to survive. Like yeah. it is such a blessing. So straight answer, no. Yeah. Because the reason why goes back to those seven spheres. Yeah. Because they're not a customer. They're a major, they're a major person. 
yeah. when you walk through, like they're more than just something to keep the door open. Yeah. Like that is the last part of my mind. Right. My first part is, okay, what do you need? How can I serve you well? Yeah. And I think that's what's keeping us recession proof, if you want to call oh, it. I think so too. And I think that, uh, you know, the more I see people, business people interacting with people in this market, the more I'm actually noticing the business people that are still thriving are the ones who have put the highest value on the customer, the customer's needs, serving the yeah. customer well. Um, you know, we have in the, in the real estate industry, we've not had to do that for the last couple of years. Mm -hmm. Like I do that because it's just the right thing to do. Yeah. But from the standpoint of like a lot of real estate agents have not had to take care of their clients because they had so much business coming through the doors. Yeah. It was just, it was so overwhelming. So they did not. And there was the literally time. not time to do it. Yeah. There wasn't a lot of time. Yeah. yeah. But the thing is, is a lot of folks are even now starting to realize, you know, I had this big giant wave of business, mm -hmm. but I didn't take the time to actually listen to learn like all the stuff, the spheres, you know, I didn't do all of this stuff with my clients. And yeah. a lot of them are struggling to even find anything right now because they didn't spend that time really nurturing and asking for referrals and, yeah. and, uh, and creating such a solid experience for people that they would continue to refer business to them or bring stuff back to them and that kind of stuff. And so I'm seeing that right now, a lot of folks that are in business who have not valued the customer as the highest are struggling mm -hmm. a lot more than others. Um, I just had a client yesterday. I closed on a, on a house yesterday, which I'm grateful for the opportunity to have done that. And uh, But this was somebody that I have been working with for the last year and a half. I met yes. them at an open house. And it, this wasn't somebody that just called me a month ago and said, hey, I mm -hmm. want to buy a house. There's some off of cold lead or whatever. These are people that I have nurtured over the last you know 18 months who finally got to a place where they were able to actually make a move and decide to sell their yep. home. And so what I'm finding is it's actually kind of playing itself out in my own life and businesses that when I take good care of people, they, they kind of yeah. take care of me. Yeah. Know? So I follow these, they're, they're these twins they are called the Benham brothers. And their big thing yeah. is, uh, I actually went to school with these guys. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. They're great, man. <laughs> yeah. And their business stuff is super solid. Yeah. They're probably the, the ones I lean, their material I lean into the most. And it's yeah. been really, really helpful. Uh, but their big thing that they always say is impact over income, impact over yeah. income. Mm -hmm. And so from an entrepreneurial mindset, it's yeah. okay. It's okay to have both. Yeah. What do I want to make an impact with my income? Mm -hmm. Right? Yeah. So we can look at it that way. But also, we need to look at it in the sense of, am I making an impact and not worrying about the income? with right. each person yeah right and when i choose to make that impact the income is going to follow that's right right it doesn't mean like you always have to take care of yourself my number one priority is providing for my wife and my future family sure right if i don't do that i'm, I'm failing at my first job yeah but after that with each interaction it doesn't mean i can't take forget that impact okay yeah. so if i apply the seven spheres as my impact that mm -hmm. income is going to follow that's right oh that's good stuff man um Last question, and then I'll get into my rapid fire bonus question. For you. Okay. What kind of advice would you give? And I know you've given us a lot of really great stuff today, so thank you for everything. But um, uh, what kind of advice would you give any business owner, manager, or supervisor about how to develop relationships with your clients? That you know, anything new, or obviously we've talked a lot about that, but um, anything in particular as we to kind of recap some of the stuff we've talked about today? Yeah. So just be a servant eater. Yeah. Right. Serve whoever you're in charge of, if you're the manager, really well. And that's how you can lead them. Mm. 
right? If, if we're talking family, am I serving my family? Am I making them the first priority yeah. really, really well? Mm. Or am I letting the, the pull of business overcome that? Yeah. Right. And when we get those priorities in order, then I'm noticing the business gets in order. Mm-hmm. Right. And if I do the little things right in my business and serve the business well, then I can shut the book at that at the end of the day and go back to my wife and give her yes. the attention she needs and to be that servant leader. Yeah. Oh. And that's so important, like closing those little mental windows oh. at the end of the day. You know, like if your mind is a computer display and just clicking on the X button. We're made we're made for so much more than just than just yeah. what we do, right? Yeah. It's a gift and a privilege that we get to do what we do, but we're made for so much more. Yeah. Well, and, and being a friend maker at work, it matters just as much if not more that we're the same way with our family at home. Oh, yeah. Otherwise, you're just a hypocrite and a fake and they yeah. people are going to see through that eventually. Yeah. If you're not consistent, they know. That's exactly right. They know. Okay, so I got some rapid fire bonus questions that I ask everybody that comes on the podcast. Just uh, you can give me a one word or a sentence answer. It doesn't have to be a big, long, elaborate answer. But what makes you angry? Oh man, <laughs> I don't think I've ever seen you angry. So that's a probably. A it takes one. a lot to get me angry. It really does. It, it takes a ton to get me angry. <laughs> when I'm mad, you know I'm mad. What makes me angry? Honestly, when I when I fail in the gym, I'm like, dang it, <laughs> I'm so mad. And when I miss a golf shot, because I yeah. think I need to be like the next Brooks Kepka or like Tiger Woods. And yeah. I'm not. All right. What gets you excited? People. Yeah. I'm excited when people are excited. Yeah. It's fun. And sports. Okay. Love yeah. it. Like what sport do you, what's oh, your college football is great, man. Yeah. It is just awesome. I know. See, so are seeing you a Tennessee fan now? Huge Tennessee. Well, cool, cool fact. I was born in Knoxville, so I've been a UT fan oh, my whole I didn't life. Oh, Okay. Yeah. yeah. So people think I'm a transplant. I've got a yeah. birth certificate. I'm a, I'm a native. Don't kick me out. <laughs> well, it's been fun to watch them this year. They've definitely had some uh, interesting, um, they've you know, had a winning season, but there's been a couple of pretty oh, tough losses. It's been, it's been, it's been a real life drama. Nobody, because it's championship weekend. It's because we weekend. lost. See, so this is this is where people find out about me that yeah. I'm not like a huge sports guy. And this is where Art actually didn't <laughs> listen to his <laughs> to his his friend well because he would have known that that comment really was a shot to his <laughs> heart. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right. Well, let's go to the next question. What stirs your heart? Um, Mentoring young adults is super fun for Lauren and I, and it is something that we're so passionate about. Like we do it through Fellowship of Christian Athletes Mm -hmm. and seeing them when the light bulb goes on for them for something in life and then just growing and running with it is just a game changer. And like I said, that passion project, just getting people healthy, build the kingdom without Mm -hmm. being out of breath. (laughs) I like that. That's a good one. Um, Name your favorite movie and why. Oh, that's really tough. You know... I really like the Green Mile. Yeah, I mean it's just it's just real. But no, this is this is that prison's not far from here in Nashville. No, it's not. So, but the one that that I really love right now is the Judge. Have you seen it, uh, Robert Downey Jr.? Yeah, and Robert Duvall. Yeah, yeah. And I think I think so. Like I don't really cry in movies. Yeah. But whenever it's like a father son connection, yeah, that gets me every time. Yeah. And I just think it's like one of the most powerful things, and it. Probably just plays into like the the man role of who we are. Yeah. But to like see the father son interaction and then being a future provider for a family oh, yeah. and this and that, like, oh, 
I remember that being an emotional movie. I don't remember the movie itself, oh, but man. I did watch it. I hey, take 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 time and rewatch it. Him, yeah. You're gonna be like, why didn't no one get emotional? It's just <laughs> I don't know. There's something about a father's love for a son that just mm. you can't beat it on every single level. Yeah, that's really cool. What keeps you up at night? Mm, that's a great question. Um you know, probably I'm a I'm a deep thinker. Yeah. So that that'll keep me up at night. But honestly, my wife posts on social media that I fall asleep, asleep at eight. <laughs> I fall asleep at eight thirty every night on the couch. Like I don't so, stay up at night. I don't stay up at night. <laughs> well, what gets you up in the morning? Anything? Um, coffee. Yeah. The thought that I'm like, okay, I'm gonna make a cup of coffee and just sit there, and this yeah. is gonna be the most still part of my day. Mm. Can't beat it. That's good stuff, man. Well, Noah, thank you so much for your time and uh, giving us some of the wisdom and experiences that you've had, and. Um, I hope that anybody listening today will be able to take some of the stuff that we've talked about and apply it into your business, implement some of these ideas and practices into the work that you do. Uh, be a friend maker. Be a friend maker at home. Be a friend maker at work. Be a friend maker everywhere you go. And um, thanks for, for following us. And thank you. No, appreciate you, man. Hey, thanks for having me, Art. This was fun. All right, bro. You're the best. Well, folks, that about wraps it up for today. Thanks again for listening. I hope that you were able to glean some great content out of our conversation today. I want to remind you again, please go to friendmaker.org if you'd like to pre-order a copy of my upcoming book, The Seven Spheres of a Friendmaker. If you'd also like to have me come speak, maybe you have a corporate event or a company uh, office sales meeting or something that you need somebody to come in and do one of these Friendmaker workshops with you, I would love to help you out with that. Go to friendmaker.org forward slash speaking where you can book having me come and do that. And finally, if you are interested in learning where you personally fall within the seven spheres framework, go check out friendmaker.org forward slash survey and take the seven spheres survey. It's 35 questions that you can go through and it'll basically help you figure out where are my strengths and where are my weaknesses within the seven spheres framework. Thanks again for listening. Stay tuned for next week's conversation. I appreciate you tuning in. Mm-hmm.